0: figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today. Elizabeth is here with me and Phil and Diane, and we are excited to tackle some topics. How are you guys feeling about today? Excited, mm-hmm. I know today we are talking about uh this wonderful little thing that we all deal with every single day for many hours a day called screen time. And I know this because uh Elizabeth and I are in this world, even Phil and Diane, in your time, you were radical with what you decided <laughs> to do with screen time, which we'll get to. Um, but yet we all are in this world right now where we're navigating how do we uh, use technology to bring advancement to our life, and not to just, on um, you know, for lack of a better word, destroy our lives. I know it sounds really <laughs> intense, but that's kind of what it can do. And so, um, we just wanted to say for everybody that is in that space, we understand, we get it. And also, if this is an episode that is like helpful for you, please like share this with friends and family because I know for us, we are constantly as well. Looking for good resources on how to like understand how to do this. And so we're just going to give you some of our thoughts today on how to do that. And so, uh, we recognize we are in this unique space in time where screens inhabit most of our homes and our days. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's where our work sits. It's where a lot of our interactions happen with humans. We, we have this, uh, (laughs) this problem arising in in young people where they don't know how to actually look into your eyes. Anyone experienced that, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, you, you have to tell them, uh, please look at me. Uh, we have a phone at home the gab phone it's like our house phone and we'll tell you guys more about it later but um it's just a phone that only can receive uh texts no pictures can't send anything no, but, internet. no internet but we can send you know we can actually like uh send text to our kids if they if they're at a friend's house or something like that and we can call them and they can we can approve everybody on their list and everything like that but i remember there's just a couple of days ago uh one of duke's friends has his number and he just entered into this world of like his friend texted him and and it was nothing was weird or inappropriate, but his friend texted him, and he started talking to me while he was texting, and he's looking at his phone, and he's and I'm trying to have a conversation with him, and mm-hmm. so I just slowly put my hand over the screen, <laughs> and it was like people over technology all the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and this is simple, but it was also like, man, I have to like, I do this all the time, and we need, you know, we need to make sure that we value if someone's in the room, technology goes away if you are already engaged in a conversation now if you're texting and it's work you're like hey please give me a moment like there's that but i mean we're having to start this he's only 12 right so it's not even his phone it's our family phone that was was what was so funny about that so screen time uh it's important it matters and we want to have a conversation about it today so Mm -hmm. it starts really uh as most things do there's scriptures around this and Mm -hmm. reasons for what we put uh in front of our eyes and I would like to start today before we get into kind of like the how-to and what we're doing and what do you do with all the screens. I want to give some foundation to the why of some of this because there's a lot, and I want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, sounds great. You're looking at me. You want I'm me looking, to talk about it. I think you should say
0: some stuff because I think you have some good foundational verses about... Oh, I'd love uh, to read a
1: couple of scriptures about the eye, but before that, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't want to cut in when you were talking, but when you talked about putting your hand over Duke's Screen, I don't know if you saw Diane roll her eyes at me. <laughs> oh, I saw <laughs> and you're saying, nice, it Rose. starts when he's twelve and yeah, when the guy's seventy one, <laughs> his wife is still saying, Can I could you look me in the eye and set aside your iPhone? Yeah. Because I'm a super Amen. detailed guy and I do most stuff on my phone. And I have to learn to set it aside yeah underbutt attention. Yeah, you know, um the gift of sight is uh, one of the most beautiful gifts God has given to us, the beautiful world that he's created and mm-hmm. uh, the ability to see, you know, um, it is such a gift. And most of us maybe know someone who who either is blind or has in- impaired eyesight and we see the struggle that it is. And, you know, uh, when you get older, most people eventually need a thing called cataract surgery. And yeah. I just had to have it uh, just actually not too long ago. And my eyesight was dimming and the world was going dark and it was terrifying and, mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember looking at, uh, something, <laughs> I was trying to watch a basketball game and it was all blurry. And I said to Diane, is, is our TV getting blurry? Cause I'm a total basketball guy. She goes, no, that's crystal clear. Oh. <laughs> and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Anyway, so long, <laughs> I got this surgery and my, my ophthalmologist, uh, Dr. Winston Chamberlain, the coolest name, he's, just, cool he's name. a follower of Jesus and a gifted ophthalmologist and he did cataract surgery on me. And even walking out with this plastic thing over my eye, the light was bright and clear, and now I'm driving, and it's crystal clear, and I'm thinking, what a gift. But that Mm. gift can be used for good or for evil, depending on how I'm using it. Like this morning, we're here in Bend this gorgeous place, and there's just a cloud that looks like it's suspended in the sky. And I'm just looking at, and then Diane starts talking about, she was up before me when it was dark, and I I was awake, but I didn't want to get up. It was too dark. <laughs> yeah. And I missed the moon shining through these clouds. Okay, And so it's a gift, and yet what we see goes into our mind and then immediately down into our heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. as followers of Jesus, we have to steward this gift um, the gift of life that we've been given. And, and we want to be passionate Jesus followers. We want to raise our kids up to be passionate Jesus followers, knowing how to have self-control and how to watch over their heart and over their eyes. And so, um, Jesus, of course, talked about this. I'll just read maybe just a couple quick verses. There's so much in the Bible about the eye. Yeah. And you know, God is spirit, but even uses the analogy to throw the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the mm-hmm. earth. And, hmm. uh, you know, God, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart, you know, God sees us. And so, um, But as far as for you and me and for uh, those of us that have been created by God, Jesus, in the passage where he's talking about uh, not laying up treasure on earth, but laying up treasure in heaven, he turns right around and says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Now in context, mm. he's talking about wealth. Like if there was a, a a figure of speech there that if we're longing for money, it's going to cloud our thinking, but also mm. it's true. He's talking about more than that because other places in the scriptures, in fact, in first John two, where it talks about our three implacable enemies, you know, yeah. we talk about the world, the flesh and the devil, but there it's the lust of the eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, is one of them that's listed there. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful part of life. So the eyes, when we see something
2: mm. and
1: we, it's not of God and we start longing for it, then it goes down into our art. And so Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 18, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into the hell of fire. Wow. So he's, it's mm. pretty strong there. He's just basically saying deal drastically with Anything that might be causing you to stumble, and so I think we we want to be men and women who watch what we watch and yeah. think about what mm-hmm. we think about, and make sure that we look away if it's something that we shouldn't be looking at. And mm. and every man has to deal with that in the area of mm. lust, of course, you know. Yeah. And um, and so that because what what we take in is then going to go down into our heart. So there's yeah. just a couple of scriptures straight out of the mouth of Jesus that I mm-hmm. think apply.
0: And I think mm-hmm. foundationally that's so it's so important. Um, you know even before we, i'm gonna i'm gonna share some history in just a second but isn't it interesting that really if you want to make a change in your home around screen time uh this starts with you the adult mm-hmm. and yeah, that yeah. F- that's you facing your own digital addiction um, mm-hmm. so uh let's talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. i think we can't you know, that that wonderful saying, you can't give away what you don't possess, Mm -hmm. right? We can't Mm -hmm. instill and lead our kids into a digital detox Mm -hmm. if we ourselves are chronically addicted. So so this starts with you, the parent. And I want to say that clearly because uh, that's going to make this whole thing a lot easier Mm -hmm. if you're all in together. Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. you and I have found this out Mm -hmm. uh, many times. And so, um, yeah, I just want to make that note because that's an important part of mm-hmm. all this. But this didn't just start like in the Bible, even in the last couple hundreds of hundred of years in the evolution of technology. We've had this like really interesting thing happen uh, where we've moved from, you know, the, the family homestead. You guys remember Little House mm-hmm. on the Prairie? Anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loved that. Yeah, so many... So many people kind of have that as like the, you know, the, the uh, ideal, the ideal, like the home. Well, I mean, for some, for, that's not it's my ideal. <laughs> for others, it's
2: their worst nightmare, yeah. right? <laughs> it sounds
0: terrible, but you know, they're backbreaking labor all day long yeah. and then they would go into their house at night and they would be forced because there was no electricity. It was dark. They'd mm-hmm. be forced to just enjoy and rest and be. Mm-hmm. And then you have the industrial revolution that happened. And this, you know, obviously we are in the digital age is uh, moving faster, more aggressively. It's changing the times even faster than the industrial revolution did. The the time that we are all existing Mm -hmm. in is actually Mm -hmm. going to be one in which we look back and it was a key turning point in mm-hmm. in the world.
1: Here's the digital revolution or or yeah. technological revolution. And and know. it's and,
0: yeah. and it's moving so fast and people can't keep up and we're wondering why is everyone chronically anxious and all that. Well, there's a lot going on that we're not even always present to. But mm-hmm. so you have the industrial revolution where you know men started going to work and doing physical labor type jobs. And th- that was when the the traditional that we see now, where the mom is staying at home, doing that kind of work of homework um, with the children, keeping the home up by herself. Now it used to be a whole family thing, and now it's a separated issue. And if you if you kind of even think about that, that's the moment when the inequality with women's pay and like okay, women are going to be at home and are going to be here. Some of that started there, and then all the way up into the fifties and sixties with the revolution of the TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then Phil and Diane, this is coming into your time and sense in the mm-hmm. sense that you were uh, you know kids during this time, mm-hmm. but you know the sixties introduces introduces the TV mm-hmm. and it also introduces the TV dinner and mm-hmm. it introduces this idea that at the end of the day, like you come home, you don't make a meal together, create Uh together. You Uh sit and you just end up being uh, fed by this TV dinner Mm -hmm. and you're entertained by something as a box. Uh Um, And I I think this whole concept has just changed how we do life as Uh humans. And it's just, in many ways, ravished our our connections as a families and it's broken down family culture. And so uh, I want to talk about that, but I also just want to mention today, we are going to be talking about these different ideas of, Screen time. We're going to be using a lot of ideas from Andy Crouch's book, uh, which is a great book, The Tech Wise Family, which we'll tell you about. But we're kind of using some of his ideas today. So if you want to read more, you can definitely check that out. But Phil and Diane, tell us your experience. You know, you, that was the time that you were growing up. But t- oh, tell yeah. us about the history. What was that like for you guys?
1: You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you need to chime in. And Diane's a little bit younger than me, and so, but I, in my recall, I don't know exactly what year the TV came on the scene. It was sometime in the '50s. It was black and white first? Yep. And then, you know color came on and and I remember the wonderful world of Disney. When I was seven years Mm -hmm. old, I went to Disneyland. The only time I went, I think I went next time I went, I was 18. uh, And it was a big deal. And Disneyland was only been there a couple of years, but Sunday night, they had a program, The Wonderful World of Disney, and most families would gather around mm-hmm. with some popcorn. My mom, we begged my mom to make homemade fudge, and we watched The Wonderful World of Disney, you know, and, and, uh, and you'd sit there and watch the TV, and it was a brand new thing. And then, of course, all the programs that started coming on during the week, uh, a lot of nights, yeah, after dinner, you'd sit down and... And watch television, just sit there. You know, I remember my dad used to call it the idiot box (laughs) because it just, it just grabs your attention. And both Diane and I, our moms were great cooks. And so, Mm -hmm. unlike a lot of our friends, we had homemade wonderful meals uh-huh. all the time but occasionally they would do tv dinners uh-huh. and it was like a special thing and actually uh-huh. if you look at what you actually got to eat compared well, to what they terrible. cooked it wasn't Disgusting. that great but there was just something cool about sitting yes. down with these little dinner that you know here's your you know mashed potatoes here's your meat here's your little you know apple, brownie brownie or whatever <laughs> yes. was. we
2: used to get them when we would have a babysitter that yes. was the only yes. time yes. we ever got them we'd go yeah. grocery shopping with you mom and we'd get or to pick them out
3: or pop yeah. pies yeah, Get those yeah, yeah. little Swanson pot yes. pies. And then oh, so people terrible. started getting
1: <laughs> these trays, these TV trays. Yes. We had them in a rack in the family room, mm-hmm. and you'd pull them out and you'd, you know, melt so you could and you'd watch put them TV together and put you could in front cinema. and you'd just sit there like a blob watching TV. But <laughs> the thing is, it it, it wasn't t- 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 totally bad. It's, it's like all things in moderation, right? Like mm-hmm. to eat an ice cream cone, enjoy it. But if you eat 10 ice cream cones a day, it's not going to be good for you. So Right.
3: Yeah, I, re- I remember our first TV. It was black and white. It was on a a rolling cart. Yeah. And we'd roll it out to the family room. If we're going to watch, usually, The Wonderful World of Disney or early on Saturday mornings. Um, cartoons. Cartoons, but, uh, you know... Uh, other Mr. Ed. Remember Mr. Oh, Ed yeah. with Mr. The, talking Ed, the talking horse? horse. And, <laughs> but then I also remember when our family moved in the late 60s, we moved over to Europe. Uh, TV was way behind back then, and it was in German, and we Mostly didn't speak German, so we started listening to the radio shows. Yeah. These were radio programs, like serial radio programs, that were so much more fun than even TV today because you used your imagination. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. almost like act voice acting on yeah. radio and yeah. Armis Brooks, and there was a few detective ones that we would listen to. And then have to wait until next Tuesday night <laughs> to hear what oh really is talking about. you the imagine shadow. actually wait? Yeah, could uh, you
0: imagine not binging the whole yeah. thing?
3: But there's no doubt in my mind that for me, at a young age, it it, it enabled me to see stories in my imagination in my head. And um, I think in many ways, those radio programs were really a healthy thing for us because we imagined what things would look like. Yeah. But again, all things in moderation. But we, I do remember hurrying through dinner, a homemade, beautiful dinner, sitting at the table, no no TV in sight, but hurrying up because our Miss Brooks was coming on and we didn't want to miss the opening.
1: Yeah. But. And you know, the thing is, it's unlike today. It's It's a way more difficult challenge. Even television shut off at a certain time at night. You know, yeah. your TV would go on to snow. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, there was no cable TV yet when that came on and, and there the were- massive access to multiple channels. It became tougher and tougher and tougher. You needed more and more discipline to control it.
3: And do you remember when there were very high standards, even when our children were young, about what was a lot allowed on before 8 o'clock at night? Oh, yeah. Because it was assumed that very young children were watching at eight o'clock, there was absolutely no profanity allowed whatsoever, and and husbands and wives, even their bedrooms. Do you remember? They were never two in a bed together. Beds. Yeah, <laughs> <stopped> it was <laughs> They could not.
1: It was. They weren't yeah, remember, allowed by yeah. the regulations yeah. to put a husband and wife in the same bed.
0: Wow. And it, and we would say, biblically, they should the be in the same bed, but yeah, yeah. if they were dating, they should be in separate beds. But anyway. Uh,
2: <laughs> so gosh, from that to-
0: To where we're at now. Completely
2: different content. Yes. Insane amounts of access and options. That's a huge jump.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. huge and jump. I think maybe to, to highlight too, I think each generation, we know this to be true, but would love to demonize the past- um, or, or, or sometimes or glorify the past. Glorify <laughs> the past. It, well, I'm, I'm saying there's a temptation on either end. You, yes. uh, We can over-glorify the past and say that was perfect. But you have to remember when the Industrial Revolution happened, I mean, so many people, it was, I mean, just do a little bit of research on it. It is, I mean, people could not believe this concept. Like you're leaving your house to go to work. Like yeah. it, there, was, yeah. it, there was uproars forever. And people were like, how is the world ever going to come on to this? So I think it's important for us to not... Idealize or even worship these ideas of the past, but to really yes. redeem the present. You yes. know, how do we redeem this thing? Because we are being shaped. We all know mm-hmm. we're being formed, but we get to choose what we're being formed by. Mm-hmm. Some people are haphazardly, uh, because of uh, leisure, which we'll talk about in a second, are being formed in a way that uh, they aren't maybe fully aware of because they're just mm-hmm. enjoying life, but you're being formed. And so I think that's the heart here. It isn't to demonize or idealize the past. It's to say, how can we in this moment mm-hmm. use technology for our advantage? Because technology, which usually is promised to make work easier and our rest more enjoyable, usually has exactly the opposite effect mm-hmm. of what we see. Um, and so there's this idea that even uh, Andy Crouch talks about in his book. And again, if you don't have time to read it, we'll just share a couple thoughts. But he talks about this idea of rest versus leisure. Mm-hmm. and that the bible calls us to rest sabbath's about rest and we talk about that here and um even uh, john mark your son our our brother we love him very much He's um, is doing a ton of stuff with practicing the way and, and one of his things that he's been doing for years and even led our family in in a, in a deeper way is sabbath mm-hmm. and there's a difference between rest and and leisure mm-hmm. um, and we have to understand the difference because Rest is when you are actually abstaining from certain things to be restored mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. to be restored to God and other. Mm-hmm. But leisure is, you know, we could argue that watching a football game is wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. And you could say that you're sitting down and not doing something. But often that's that's not rest, that's leisure. You're watching other people work mm-hmm. for you to be able to rest. I
1: heard a joke about that one time. It's was like... <laughs> watching a football game is is seeing a, a small group of men on the field desperately in need of rest and <laughs> thousands of people in the stand desperately in need of exercise. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. That,
0: <laughs> that's incredibly uh, accurate, I think. Um. So, I yeah, I think it's this idea of like God calls us to rest and how do we rest from technology in a very important time when a lot of our work is linked to... Our our phones. You know, oh, I remember Duke one time. I asked him, uh, Duke, what do you think Dad does? And he told me. He said, Well, you you look at your computer and you make phone calls. <laughs> and I was like, wow, wow, I'm really inspiring my son. You know. <laughs> um, and now, obviously, he was referring to what he saw at home in the moments that I maybe would have to work at home or whatever. But he didn't mm-hmm. see the other things, or he obviously understood church and things like that. But the point being that so much of our work is tied to this. So how can we redeem it? Uh, and that's what we really wanna talk about today is how do we redeem this? And, and we wanna give you some practical things. So um, let's talk about boredom. And I wanna talk about yes. that really quick because I don't know about if, if anyone's listening, you, you've you heard that phrase, I'm bored, mm-hmm. right? Like like your kids are putting this task on you to say, solve my problem, mm-hmm. I'm bored. Entertain and me. entertain me. And how often are we so tempted to give them a half hour of of a video game or a, a screen mm-hmm. to occupy them so mm-hmm. we can just make it through dinner right mm-hmm. like and, exactly. and and elizabeth and i are totally uh, we totally mm-hmm. do this at times mm-hmm. and there's those moments of survival but i want to mm-hmm. talk about the idea of boredom and actually how boredom can be really good because i think mm-hmm. diane you said one time like i can't remember if it was you i was reading a book it, i'm going to say it was you but like boredom Actually activates creativity I believe that in I a believe deep that way.
3: thoroughly, especially if we refuse to solve boredom for our children um I, I just you know you know screen time obviously is a big issue right now, but way back in the eighties when we were raising our kids, there was still a big issue because you know people would put on TV all day long and yeah. and much of what was on there, even if it was clean, was so against the gospel message. It was shaming, it was disrespectful of people to get a laugh, a lot of mm-hmm. sarcasm. Um but, but also even more than that, you know, there was the Sesame Street thing that was just so incredibly entertaining to three and four and five-year-old kids mm-hmm. that we knew that it was shortening their attention span. So, you know, pretty early we got rid of all TVs and all access to TV because we wanted our experience to our kids to experience the creativity and the desire for learning and the ambition even that comes out of boredom. Yeah. And being bored, a child being bored every day for a little bit mm-hmm. is incredibly motivating. I see it yeah. in your yeah. kids. Little Scarlett just she's a maker. She wants yeah. to make things constantly. But by forcing her to be bored
2: she has to come up.
3: She with has to, to come up mm-hmm. with something to make and her own twist So every yeah. time, including last night when we got to your house, every time I come, she
0: brings me some sort of gift. Oh, that I think she, I think she made, made something for Pops oh, yeah, this I have morning. I a card I'm supposed to give you. That. Yes, <laughs> oh, give me that card. <laughs> yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On the way out the door, make sure Pops gets this. She made this for you yesterday.
3: But that comes yeah. out of boredom. Because, um, if she was allowed to just watch screens or play screens or talk to friends on the phone all day long, she would not, she'd, she'd dry up creatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is I want my kids to be readers because still, even in this crazy, we get so much information from screens. Reading is, opens up a whole world of, of thinking. And reading the thoughts of other great thinkers and people who think differently than us. And reading is just such a uh, – it it brings children and adults depth and understanding and knowledge and compassion. So, But I remember going on a trip – do you remember this, Phil? A road trip all the way up from San Jose to um, Canada and way across – and and of course we had no screens that were portable at the time so four mm-hmm. kids including no three kids at the time elizabeth you couldn't read yet and yet there was not a bored moment on this trip because it was the norm to be mm-hmm. to bring a stack of hardy boy books remember we stopped mm-hmm. all along the way in idaho getting um going through idaho and little little used bookstores picking up um Nancy Drew books and yep. Hardy Boy books, which are just incredibly well made to keep children's attention. And then chronicling, you know, I think we stopped at 100. How many waterfalls that yeah. we saw? Yeah,
1: once we got to Canada, yeah, every bend had a waterfall. We started counting them. When and I finally on, got tired of counting them. I said, yeah. "I think British Columbia is yeah, just gorgeous." Elizabeth <laughs> has started
3: to chart, remember? And yeah. you were you were counting on your chart. I think we saved it for a long time. How many waterfalls you got? All of that only because you were in a boring seven hour drive yeah. in the car, and there was yeah. no such thing as screens. So you had to learn to entertain yourselves. Well, yeah,
0: yeah and I think this boor- this idea of boredom, and we'll talk about. Uh, you know, you're talking about boredom. How do you create that space? We're going to talk about that in just a couple minutes of how can we create spaces that even when our kids are bored, it actually does what we want it to do. Mm -hmm. Interesting stat though, that we just actually learned um, through through some of our uh, different findings and and people we've talked to is that, uh, because I love reading. I also love listening to books Mm -hmm. because there's a Mm -hmm. lot that Mm -hmm. I ingest through uh, reading and listening. But to your brain, reading a book or being read to your brain doesn't know the difference oh, really? so for someone that's dyslexic as an example because i know there's there's that that's the case for for some people um you know you go well i can't read a book well you don't have to always read. You can listen to a book. Right. And sometimes that's way more entertaining in, in lots of ways. So just yeah. remember, like, you can, there's a lot of things that you can do. I know this is one of the things that we do. Like, you can, our kids know they can listen to audiobooks anytime they want. It's just like reading in lots of ways. So they can, they can get into a good story. Uh, Duke ingests a ton of books that way. And he, yeah. and he put, retains the, the information incredibly well, mm-hmm. and and I've learned over the years that I actually do as well. So it's uh. it's interesting how your brain works. But just to give a heads up, if anyone's like, I hate reading, like try an audiobook yeah. seriously. Mm-hmm. Just give yep. it a shot. If you're like, I don't want it, they have all these free trials on Audible and other places. Like just try it,
2: mm-hmm. see if it works. The, there's an app called Hoopla that links to your um, library, yes, and mm-hmm. all the audiobooks are free. Wow. So that's what our kids do. So they're not buying audiobooks constantly. Yeah. They're just renting them from the library, essentially. Yeah. And awesome. on
0: this topic of boredom, boredom, um, I just want to take a quick quote from this book. Uh, and this is what Andy Crouch says. It's just a great quote that I think just sums up what we're talking about uh, and gives another idea. It says, it screens, movies, TV, video games, and, and other uh, present a world often for our children and for us that is more colorful and energetic mm-hmm. than the created world itself. So what happens is they ratchet up our expectations for what is significant and entertaining. Mm. But they also at the same time undermine our ability to enjoy what we would call the abundance of the ordinary. Okay. Mm. Wow. And I think that that is one of the dangers when we talk about well what what's what's wrong with handing my 3-year-old a screen? Um, you know, his friends have a screen. What is that, is that fine? I think we just have to remember that when we say yes to something we're saying no to something Mm -hmm. else and when you're tempted as i am so often and we are as well to give our kids a screen the easy thing is the screen but it is so much more work we would argue uh to be present to your kids to teach them or to help have a space where they can be creative to to walk them outside Mm -hmm. in the abundance of the ordinary Mm -hmm. Uh, i think about when when there wasn't screens as mm-hmm. active even when i was younger I, again like it's uh, there's been an evolution but most kids did what at any time of the year they played,
2: play outside. Outside. They they played, played outside they
0: played outside all the time and everyone mm-hmm. now is like well why will not kids play outside mm-hmm. well because technology it's
2: way more fun <laughs> it's way, way more, more stimulating fun. to yes. to
0: their yes. brain and mm-hmm. way more yes. entertaining to them and it it gives us an expectation for something that isn't actually real. Yeah. It's not the real world. And so we just yes. have to understand what we are doing with that. And so so again, we don't wanna demonize technology, but we want to recognize like what yeah. we are doing when we mm-hmm. hand our kids a phone or we hand them an iPad or a screen. We wanna remember that there is an abundance in the ordinary.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the great um, responsibilities we have to our kids in this current time is to teach them how to steward technology well. Mm -hmm. Not just, so that starts with us, well, three steps, I think. It starts with us stewarding it ourselves and having um, a good healthy rhythm of that in our own life. And then when they're young, especially us stewarding it for them Mm -hmm. um, and then teaching them how to steward it themselves because it's going to be a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. More so now than it is, you know, it's more so in the future than it is even now. And it's literally designed to be addictive. Mm -hmm. So we've had to explain to our kids, we noticed like they were feeling like kind of some shame around wanting it. Like, mom, I I know, I promise I'm not addicted to technology, but can I please watch YouTube for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. to learn how to do this thing? So we've had to go back and say, you are not wrong that you want to watch YouTube Or play a video game or watch a movie, you are doing nothing wrong. It's literally designed to be the most fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You're not wrong for wanting it, but our job is to help you steward it. And so I think we have to be able to look at that and realize it's our responsibility to teach them that. And for us, what we've kind of landed on is that doesn't mean removing it completely and not exposing them at all so that. Then when they're out of our house, they have to suddenly <laughs> learn how to steward it themselves. Like that that's not setting them up for success. But what do we allow now in a healthy way so that they do have exposure to it and so that they can learn what is healthy, what is not, so that they can learn to enjoy the outdoors and
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to be bored and all of those things. And in all honesty, that takes a ton of work, a ton of effort. And a ton of time on the side of parents. Mm-hmm. We it have does. to be willing to recognize, okay, this is what we actually want for our kids. So that starts right now. And I yeah. have to be willing to invest myself in a degree that is uncomfortable and inconvenient mm-hmm. if I actually want that to be the culture in my house. Yeah. And that's hard. And you're not going to get it right every time. And there's going to be weeks when you are sick or you're crazy busy and they're going to watch more TV. And that's not for us to beat ourselves up about and say, gosh, I didn't hit my ideal this week, but we have to keep the bigger picture in mind of what are we actually trying to do? Yeah. Why are we saying no to screens? Like, I think we have to keep that yeah. always on the forefront of our minds or we're going to lose our resolve yeah. because it's hard well, and we have to have a certain level. Yeah. Of Cause resolve.
0: we want to create and help bring fully present, educated, thoughtful, kind Jesus filled people into the world. And you have to be very strategic and thoughtful and intentional about that. It doesn't just happen as you, as you and Diane, uh, Phil and Diane, you say often. And I think if I can say something to the fathers, and if you're a mom listening to this or a wife and you want to give this to your husband, just give him this, uh, two minute clip. Um, this has, fathers, this has to start even with you. Uh, because I see this disconnect often where dad's at work, he has his own deal. Uh, He has his own rhythm, his own schedule, and so he doesn't always have to follow all the rules because he's got work. He has these wonderful excuses to hide behind, Um, and I think oftentimes they're excuses. I think when a man gets home, um, something that's beautiful is to put your phone away, put it in the drawer, and don't touch it until everyone's in bed. And If you have to follow up with something, then follow up with it, put your phone away, and be present. Now I'm saying this as somebody who does this, I do this. Like I can easily go, well, I, I need to check something or I need to, and and really what I'm doing is I'm actually just escaping because things are hard. So I think we just have to understand this is not something that just the wife and the kids do. Mm -hmm. This is something that we establish as a family to do. If you can't go to bed without watching something then you need to actually think why can't I do that and mm-hmm. what's going on there i know for a long time even now like one of the things that i'm working out of my own life is like i like leisure at night because i'm tired so i like to watch mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. it's never a lot it's never anything crazy but it's uh, but i i don't like that as a habit so i'm working that out but to the fathers please recognize that this is something that is going to be a gift to your family for mm-hmm. you to come in together and to do together and to be on the team uh, as a family and really as a family, this is something you have to go all in together because screens are so pervasive. And so with that, I just, we want to move to like, what does this look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And how does this actually play out and where does this play out? And one of the main places this actually plays out in your home is actually in your family room. And I know that sounds Mm -hmm. silly, but let me just give you a couple stats again from Andy Crouch's book, but really helpful stats that kind of help us understand this. So here was a question by the Barner Group. They asked a, a couple thousand people, uh, "Where does most leisure or entertainment activities happen in your house?" Seventy nine percent said in their family or living room. Uh, the same. Another question was asked to that same group of people, "Where do most creative activities happen in your house?" And fifty one percent said family and, and living room. And so. We just want to recognize and, and point out that that the center of your home often is the living room. Mm-hmm. If you remember, in certain homes when central heating wasn't a thing, uh, the living room was where things took place because you usually had a furnace or a fireplace, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. everyone gathered around just practically because mm-hmm. it was warm. I loved it. I told Elizabeth, I was like, I'd love to like do that. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a gas fireplace. I was like, what if we just use the gas fireplace yeah. and not the central heat? <laughs> and she's like, we would freeze because it gets mm-hmm. down All to like f- fifty. Fifty. I was like, but yeah. everyone would be forced to be by the fireplace and. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she, my idealism got shot down quick. But um, <laughs> that said, the, the living room, the family room mm-hmm. is at the center of our home. And what happens there should reflect our values mm-hmm. as a family. And we have found this. So we had some time where we didn't have a TV. And when we moved into this house, we had a TV and we had it in our living room. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a TV in your living room, and this is no judgment, right? We are no judgment. But if you do have a TV in the middle of your living room, what, what does your furniture do? It like mm-hmm. needs to be set up to be-
3: Clusters around. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's the Side. kind of focal point. Yep.
0: And it'd be weird if you like put it back of a couch towards the TV. Everyone would go like, what are you doing? So that to say, like, we've actually made some drastic changes recently, and uh, it's been really helpful. So Elizabeth, I know you had a couple thoughts on that, and a great story I think that would maybe help. Well, yeah,
2: we, we started to realize that slowly over time, we'd kind of gotten off of what our normal, we call our digital rule of life, that we've created for our family, we started realizing, gosh, we are relying on TV and games way more than we ever have, and this is not healthy and it's not good. And there were lots of reasons for it. And it was probably the right thing for the time. But we realized, whoa, we wanna we wanna turn this ship. And so we started thinking we had toyed with the idea, what if we get rid of all screens, all computers, all iPads, everything. I would love And then it. so we started drastic, and then we're like, well, okay. This breaks down a little bit. We need them for school, certain things like that.
0: Yeah. And we didn't want to do the thing where we're going. We are removing technology from our home so we don't have to think about it because we recognized that that's not actually the best way for our kids in the future because mm -hmm. this isn't going away. Teaching them how to actually use it is 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 really the thing.
2: Yeah. But we have kids who are wired similarly to us. They're all (laughs) passionate. They're all prone towards like – all in, all or nothing. We've got some OCD in the family. (laughs) It's like, there isn't a mild mannered one in the bunch. So Mm -hmm. they, they,
0: it's not
2: like I could just give or take technology. It's no, let me watch a show. So we realized, okay, we have to help them and we need to make a change. And so we talked about it for a while. And then finally we like went away for a couple days to this cabin that had no internet and no TV. And it just
0: had a fireplace, Mm -hmm. it was close to the beach. And we, uh, we read more as a family than ever. We played board games like 10 o'clock at night. Played we were playing. Chess. We were playing Scarlett's like, can we play another game of war? And like, and it brought this liveliness that we yeah. hadn't experienced. We hadn't seen
2: our kids that happy in a long time. And we hadn't felt that fulfilled as parents in a long time. Now yeah. granted, we weren't working. We are on vacation. But we started talking and praying, like, how do we bring this environment to our actual home? Mm-hmm. Because this is really good. We want more of this. And so we decided, okay, we're going to go home. We're going to take down the TV. And first we were going to get rid of it and sell it. And then, but we'd love to do a family movie night once a week. And so we said, okay, it's going to go put back under the bed. It's going to be live under our bed like it used to. And we would take it out just for family movie night. So we just sat the kids down and we said, Hey, we're not watching TV during the week anymore. It's coming out once a week for a family movie night. Um, kind of like told them why tried to get them on board. They all kind of complained a little bit, but then went off and did their thing, but we took it down and we were both expecting, okay, we are going to have to like bear this. It's going to be a few weeks of them just constantly complaining, constantly telling me they're bored. And it wasn't like that. It was incredible. All of a sudden our five-year-old and three-year-old just stopped asking to ever watch mm-hmm, anything. Mm-hmm. And we, we still had access. We still had laptops and things like that. But it just, be, all of a sudden, it was just not a thing. And I was just listening to, okay, listening to, audiobook, yeah. um, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's a great And he, he started, ta- he's talking about how to create new habits and why most of us fail when we want to create a, a new habit. And he's giving all these tips. But he was talking about the importance of a visual cue. Yeah.
0: If you want
2: to create a new habit, you need some sort of visual cue to remind you to do it. And he said something I didn't know. He said, out of all of our senses, The most prominent one is our vision. 80 to 85% of how we take in the world is through our vision. Hmm. I would have thought it would have been like spread out a little more equal of smell and touch and taste, but it's so much of it is vision. And I just realized, oh, that's what happened. We took away the visual cue and the addiction went down by 90%. Um, so that, that's the first thing we've done yeah. recently that, that we've done in the past but needed to do again. We needed something drastic like that. And then I, we just kind of want to share like roughly what screen time use looks like for us currently. And I want to say it's going to be different for every family, for every stage, and really empower you if you have little kids and you are just starting to introduce screens or figure out what you want it to look like. You have such an opportune time right now to figure out what you want it to look like in five years, in 10 years. And it starts now. It starts when they're really little. You have the gift of being able to put the rules around and you're not having to go back and remediate and redo. If your kids are older, we just want to give you the courage to do drastic things. Mom, you just wrote a blog post, we'll share it in the show notes, about now is the time to be a radical parent. Mm -hmm. And that is more true now than I think ever. And... Anything like this, the use of screens and phones and anything like that is going to be extremely countercultural right now. Your kids are not going to get it. They're not going to love it all the time. None of their friends are going to be doing the same thing. Very few of their friends are going to have the same rules. And when they do find one with the same rules, you're going to be like, yes, go hang out with that kid. Mm-hmm. But I think don't shrink back. And I think what we see so often is parents will talk to us all the time and say, Gosh, I hate how much my kid is on his phone. I hate how much they're playing video games.
0: But they just complain and they don't actually do anything yeah. about it. And yeah. and we want to just give you courage to do the hard yeah. thing, rip the band aid off. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually completely worth it. And whatever, you know, whatever... Um, backlash or pain you might experience you can always go back you can always actually there's hope there's there's hope to continue to grow in this and to say you know what we actually messed up we gave you a phone way too early we're Mm -hmm. not seeing this as being a good thing and by the way if you like don't believe me just take two seconds to just read any of the research on what having infinity in your pocket does to a 12 year old's mind that's a developing brain and this is true across the board what's really interesting is it's it's not that like having all this information is actually incredibly helpful, you know, more than ever, we don't have to find information like we used to. Mm -hmm. It takes, we have more knowledge Mm -hmm. at our fingertips than ever. Now we need wisdom. So Mm -hmm. more than even teaching our kids like about stuff, we actually now have to teach them wisdom. Mm -hmm. How do you use this in a way that doesn't destroy your life? And for a developing brain, all the studies are out and proven over massive amounts of time that what's really going on is your, as a, brain is developing it cannot handle that much. Mm -hmm. And so it ends up self-destructing in lots of ways. And so it's okay to go back and say, Hey, we did this wrong. We, we, Mm -hmm. we actually had this one wrong and we would like to do it different. So if you're there in that spot, I just want to encourage you and nudge you to, to do that.
1: Yeah, I think it's good for, uh, you know, parents to realize and remember, hey, these kids were created by God. They belong to him. They've been given to us at a time for a time for us to raise up to become passionate Jesus followers. You have to step back and say, what am I trying to do? Mm-hmm. You know, not just raise a good kid, but a godly kid. And so then we have to look at everything, you know, mm-hmm. how... How am I modeling that for them? And, 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 uh, you know, in, in this case, you know, mom and dad, you are the ones that are the gateway over what gets into the home. You're the parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like some parents say, well, my kid will hate me. No, don't let your kid rule the roost. It's like yeah. you're, you're the one that's supposed to be the mature one. And it's going to take courage. Cause as a yeah. follower of Jesus, if you're really going to be a passionate Jesus follower, you're going to be saying, no to a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that the world is pushing at you, and this is nothing new it's always been that way, and you're going to have to stand alone even against some mm-hmm. of your friends that might mock you or think like, "Oh, you guys are just radical and you know we 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 were radical at the time, you know we didn't no I never heard of the phrase digital rule of life that's pretty cool. I never mm-hmm. heard of it till more recently, but we actually elizabeth here is here talking about putting the TV under the bed well, we did the same thing like so we you know we didn't have a television because we we didn't want one, but when, when the VCR came out and mm-hmm. there was video stores yeah. like Blockbuster and Hollywood, that was movie night. Mm-hmm. So I'd pull a TV mm-hmm. out of the closet, set it up, and I'd take the kids with me, we'd go down, we'd go to the Disney aisle and we find all these old Walt Disney. There were mostly ones that I watched on the wonderful world of Disney mm-hmm. that were now on VCR. And we had a blast and Friday night then became taco so night. Fun. And then, you know, and we'd have, you know, ice cream and we had this great time and then we would put it away. Yeah. And then once I love basketball. So once I thought, you know what? I'm going to pay for cable and I'm just going to watch. And you know what? For a while there it was now it's hooked up all the time and I'm recording basketball games. But after a while I realized the commercials alone, Yes, were not oh, yeah. not good for mm-hmm. me. There were scantily clad women, and so I yeah. thought, you know what? I don't. I I love basketball, but yeah. and I and I got rid of it not because I was such an amazing guy, but because I realized this is not helping me walk yeah. with the Lord. And so, and I remember it, all of you know your guys' friends had you know video were playing video it, games, yep, and yep. we said nope. When you go to a friend's house, you can play a video game there, mm-hmm. uh, as long as we know what the video game is and stuff. But we just decided, you know, we're not going to bring it into the well, house. And they, and they don't hate us. No. <laughs> so, no honestly, I'm Elizabeth.
2: so grateful. because, And I hated parts of it at the time. Mostly your so you did incredibly strict... <laughs> rules around the Hated ratings of, of movies. And when I was... I remember yes. like calling you guys from a friend's birthday party. Sorry, guys, the, the movie's PG and you guys haven't seen it yet, but we're it's all here. Just- <laughs> Can I please watch it? And you said no and came and picked me up. I was mortified. Uh, but I don't now... That well. But honestly, now looking back... I don't resent it at all. And I don't, yeah, maybe you guys went overboard. Dad, if there was a swear word, you would pause the movie and say, just so you know, that's a swear word. (laughs) But I think with that, you protected us from so much. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you said no to all of it. You just very much governed it, maybe a little overly so. But I think I'm so grateful that you did. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, your kids might not love it in the moment, and they might be very vocal with you about, well, all of my friends have a phone. And you know, Scarlett is starting to say that to us. She's only nine. And every time I say, well, you know, every... She's not
0: even mentioned this to me. Oh, she's, she's talking to you about she this? She mentioned it
2: to me all the time. Oh, So-and-so wow. has an Apple Watch. So-and-so has a phone. Oh, gosh. And every time I just say, you know, every family has different rules. Yeah. And our family, you know what the rules are around phones and screens. When and you're I know 16. that it's hard, but you're probably going to be one of the last one of your friends to get. Well, a yeah, and mm-hmm. our
0: and our rule of, in our rule is you they can have a phone, a flip phone, the gap phone type thing when they're 16, and then they're not allowed to have social media until they're a full blown adult. And after we've read a, a, a statistics and books and uh, actually talked about thoroughly what it actually does to you and what it does to the the this generation and because. Because we care that much and we actually think it forms them that much. And mm-hmm. and we see that now. We're we're saying, hey, if we have to err, let's err on that side. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, Duke was turning eleven and he Oh, uh, I mean, that kid is going to be some sort of lawyer negotiator slash <laughs> does if he has a vision, For he pregnant. knows how to get it. Yeah. But he <laughs> came to us and was wanting a Nintendo Switch, and we were so not into this idea forever, 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 forever. And he's like, I want a Nintendo Switch, and we were we were toying that line like we want to be good parents and we also don't want video games in our house. And so we, we we decided to do it, but we decided to write him a letter about it and basically give really clear parameters and say this is what you get, this is how many times a week and all of that. And and we we held to it as much as we could, but we started realizing this world happened where, again, just the access alone was like he was into it. All the time.
2: Immediately I was literally up at night regretting the decision because we saw an immediate shift in him. But not with the amount.
0: We didn't let him do more. It was it was that it became his focus. It It became Mm -hmm. everything he was thinking about, everything he was waiting for. We let him do two hours on the weekend, and that was it. Like there was nothing, even if you wanted to split up that time, which is not much. Like we we basically said, you know, or I think it was an hour. It was actually an hour. And so all, all that said, we get like almost nine months into this thing and we're like, Duke, we're kind of noticing this in you. Like, I really want to talk to you about this. And I remember I was driving home from Portland one day because Phil and I, you and I were working or I was on a trip or something with Intentional. And I get a call and Duke's like, hey, dad, I want to tell you, I've been talking to mom. And I'm I'm thinking about getting rid of the switch. I think it's just really messing with me. I really do. I think mom's kind of helped me see that. And you guys have been talking to me. And I think I, think I need to maybe get rid of it. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about it. And then he kind of went into this season like, no, no, I'm not going to get rid of it. And then we talked about it again and we decided, we said, listen, you're not in trouble, but we don't see this helping you. We see this hindering you. We're going to sell this and we're going to use the money to buy something that is outdoor activity based, right? You skateboard, a bike, whatever, you like we'll, yeah, we're going to yeah. take this and we're going to do something and we're going, and so, so we had to humble ourselves. We had mm-hmm. to say, Hey, like we made the wrong choice and we have not seen this. And his response literally his words were relief. He said, Mm. thank you guys. Thank you. He was carrying around the burden Mm -hmm. and we didn't even know it until we had made the hard decision. And so I share that story again to agree with Phil, not that we did this right, but we were so surprised at his response was not, oh my gosh, my world's over. It was, Mm -hmm. thank you.
2: And now he has a bunch of friends who have video games and we have friends who love to play video games with him. And now we can freely say, yes, go spend the evening at our friend Danny's house and go play his switch. Have a great time Yep. because it's not a part of his everyday life. Mm -hmm. It's a fun one night thing with a friend and we know what he's playing. And now we can freely say that versus... When he wanted to play with friends, I was like, oh, no, gosh, he already did his one hour this week. And yeah. so I feel like we felt freedom even as parents, like like what you guys did. You didn't allow video games in the house, but we had friends who had them mm-hmm. and it was so much yeah, fun. For, yeah. But then we came home to our normal mm-hmm. board <laughs> environment <laughs> mm-hmm. and had to find <laughs> things to do. And I think with that, when we took the TV down, we brought our kids into the discussion. Yep knowing they're not going to fully get it and be like excited about it. But we told them the why. And then we said, we recognize this is a change and there's going to be times when you're bored. They already know that every time they say that they're bored, we always say boredom breeds creativity. So they hardly ever tell us they're bored anymore because they hate hearing that. But we said, if there's art supplies that you want or books that you want or puzzles or anything like that, You let us know and we'll stock all of that stuff so that you have Mm -hmm. what you need to be creative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they got lists out. I need this type of paper and this type of yarn. And we said, okay, like they know we don't just go buy stuff all the time. But we said, we will pay for that. We'll go buy that because we want to have places in our house set up that you have everything you need to be creative when you're bored. So yeah. our kitchen is that we have like lots of drawers of art stuff.
0: And, and we keep, and and if they have like a creative idea, Scarlett really got into knitting. Like she's, and she's really actually good at it. So she's just going to town on knitting. And so that it, it's, it's actually the center of our home has then changed. And I have a record player. I love records and I got this nice record player last year, which I was so thankful for that's in the center of the living room now. So they know like at any point that they want to pull out a record and they want to listen to music. They, we also, you know, they have Sonos or whatever, but like the record part is fun too because it's this tangible physical thing and they get to put it and they get to listen to it and it's an experience but um that being in the center of our home has changed our home it hasn't mm-hmm. solved every problem we still have screens we still have rules and we'll share in a couple minutes about uh, what we're doing there but honestly it has revolutionized our family just by moving the tv um and it has been so helpful for us and mm-hmm. in this process
1: Oh well, yeah, I just want to uh, testify to what you're saying is true because we were at your house last night for dinner. Yeah. We finished podcast recording yeah. yeah. yesterday. We came over. Brooke and I picked up some pizza, and so uh, and, and when we finished, you know, Birdie's sitting on my lap. She's five. Scarlett's nine. She's my and Birdie pulls out this puzzle game where you spell, you know, spell mm-hmm. words, and yeah. and they ask a so first Birdie goes, "You want to play tic tac toe?" <laughs> I mean, she didn't say, <laughs> she "Do you want to watch out. a movie?" And I go, "Sure, I'll play with you." And then and and then they decided on this game, and so it turned into competition, fun competition. They were trying to beat each other, you know, and yeah. I was, and we, they would have done that for two hours. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. they said, well, let's go play hide and seek. And mm-hmm. so, and I remember that's, <laughs> they, there was no, they were laughing and that's yeah. the real stuff having of life. a blast. And so that switch yes. that you made, I just wanted to say, it's not, they're not like, well, we can't watch a movie. So mm-hmm. let's go they're play Tic Tac. They were very happy. And, uh, you know, there's one other scripture before you, um, you know, say some things you want to say that I think will be really helpful um, that I wanted to read. Just reminding us again that we're the gateway into the home as parents. And, um, you know, I, I taught through Psalm 101, uh it's a psalm of david and he's it's it was written when he was you know being installed as king and he's talking about the nation and everything but it's all about integrity Mm. and in it he says i it's like he said i will be this kind of person it's i think it's seven times in the song i will i will and he says here i will give heed to the way of integrity And then he says to God, when will you come to me? In other words, when can we be close, you, the Father, and me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Mm. I hate the work of those who fall away. And I think he's saying, I want to be a godly man, and I want to be a man of integrity, and within my house, this is the way it's going to be. Mm. And I just think that's so important because... Um, we we set the tone for our, our home yes. and you guys are doing that. You're doing such a good job of, with your kids. But it's a decision. David's making a decision here. I'm going to be this kind of man. Later on, he says, I hate the work of those who fall away and, and it's not going to fasten its grip on mm. me and I hate falsehood and lying. And yet we think of all the stuff that we watch. It's just loaded with stuff that's not of God. Mm. And so I think just to make that decision, you can still be a joyful, happy person. Yes. And I mean, walking with God is the most joyful way to live life. It's so, real. Anyway, so
3: I did notice last night too the same thing fell um but for me it was noticing that the kids can, were so easy to connect with more than ever mm. that they they stayed around well after dinner we were all sitting around the table doing fun things Talking, you know, Duke took me up to his room and tried to teach me how to do one of those tech, tech deck, deck things, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, he was so wait, wait, wait. By I just you. must
0: say, if any parent knows what a tech deck is, a little skateboard, watching. Watching my my mother in law <laughs> learn and be so you did such a great job being so interested in something that is I'm sure so he uninteresting to you.
2: Thought you wanted to learn how to. He goes he, goes.
0: he goes. He
3: <laughs> well, actually, I couldn't hardly do it. It's it's and very so hard. So it did become kind of a personal quest. I can't believe my fingers won't do what what he's doing. So, it was but honestly, beautiful. it was. It was Duke and I connecting at his level. Yes. And that doesn't happen unless you do it on purpose. And Mm -hmm. if, if we'd been watching a movie instead.
0: Oh no. Yeah. We
3: would never have connected. We would have been together, but we wouldn't have actually connected. connected. And he took me up and showed me all these ramps that he had made and why and what he was doing. And you know, it was really interesting. He spent hours on this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But he brought me into his world because he wasn't, we weren't watching. TV together or a show or doing a game. He brought me into his world and I felt, I left last night feeling more connected to my grandkids Mm -hmm. than I ever have before. And I just, I would like to just encourage parents to just think about this because that connectivity is what we're losing in this generation. And it's giving birth to all sorts of gnarly things Yeah, and identity being one of them. Who am I? I mean, I'm speaking into Duke's life consequently about who he is, what his identity is, because Mm -hmm. he's seeing himself now through the eyes of his grandma. Yeah. and, and that's a different viewpoint to see. And well, and you told a
0: story it. about your dad, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. Uh, his great grandfather, mm-hmm. who was a chemical engineer, correct? Mm-hmm. A nuclear, a, engineer. Nu- sorry, yeah. nuclear mm-hmm. engineer. Thank you. And I, I, I didn't know him as well and as long mm-hmm. uh, before he passed, but. Um, but then telling him the story about how he had a, a part in an invention that was really mm-hmm. important for the cooling rods of, mm-hmm. of nuclear plants and like mm-hmm. his eyes just opening up to his heritage and, and yes. his history of like, whoa, this was in my family. Cause yes. his brain's more, you know, knowing wired him, that way, it's more wired that yes. way. Yes. And, and even
3: being able to tell him my dad wasn't real good at school, and then we us beginning to wonder, could my dad had have had a mild form of dyslexia like because does. his ability yeah. to think creatively and in and, 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 and almost we all viewed him as kind of genius in yeah. some ways, and to to think, okay, Duke now can kind of connect to that identity, maybe this is how I'm made on purpose yeah. instead of I have something." Well, I, I think have to overcome. You
0: said, or you said, like they see, like it's often that dyslexic seeing 3D mm-hmm. and do goes, yeah, I see in 3D all the time. That's yes. how I view everything, yes. and like was able to connect. And you even were talking about how your dad
2: did, and all of that flowed naturally. It wasn't like, no, let's sit down and have Amen pops over for dinner and have <laughs> them tell you stories. Although that's fantastic. Actually, Jeff yeah. talks a ton about that, okay. about the importance of bringing grandparents in and having them share stories of the past. But it was amazing to watch that unfold just authentically. Just last naturally. Night. It just, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I had, I wasn't thinking, oh, it's like, we've made some changes, but you're right. Like but it, it was, was because you made it, those changes. Yeah. And I was watching you guys connect with them more than ever uh-huh. and watching them talk to you yeah, more than yeah. ever uh-huh. and share about things. And then when I wanted Duke to talk to me about what he was talking to you about, dad, he was like, no, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, Great, you talk pops everything. <laughs>
0: So, so let me land this plane for today. I just want to say, Uh, and remind everybody of something super important, wherever you are at in your process, that is okay. Don't Mm -hmm. compare your story to ours, to your friends down Mm -hmm. the street. Be honest about where you are at. Um, An interesting thought I was reading the other day, um, this book about prayer and unanswered prayer specifically, and this idea that we often think that it is our sin alone that keeps us at distance from God. Mm-hmm. And sin does keep you uh-huh. away from God. Uh-huh. But it's also the temptation to hide your nakedness and to hide your sin and to hide where you're really at. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. Their first, The first thing they did when they felt like they had done something wrong was to hide everything. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we can recognize sin, yes, it distances from our relationship. But what even makes it further is us being dishonest about where we're really at and not being honest about where we are. And so start where you are at in your story and journey. We don't have this all figured out. Mm -mm. We don't have this. Some of you are doing this way, way better than us. And so uh, thank you for those who who are are like, yep, I'm actually on this train. I'm doing better. And we're just sharing from our perspective.
2: Well, I think what you said is so important. Where are you at in this process? Yeah. Because with every stage of your family, with every life event that happens, with just as as this world is changing it is a process and i think it's so important that we are constantly every couple months reevaluating: what do we see happening Mm -hmm. what do we want to see happening what changes do we need to make do we need to say yes to something we're currently saying no to do we need to say no to something we're currently saying yes to and i just have i just feel like this is important if you are a mom of of really little kids, and I just feel like I keep seeing this picture of a mom who just had a baby and has a toddler. If that is you and you are listening to this right now, and you are feeling like, oh my gosh, my two-year-old is watching way too much TV, I have to make a change right now. In the stage of having a newborn baby and trying to survive is probably not the time to (laughs) implement all of this. But if that is you and you are like, whatever stage I'm in right now, this sounds, I want to make a change, but oh my gosh, this sounds absolutely impossible. Now is the time to take the first step and, and start dreaming. What do I want this to look like? Start talking to your spouse. What do we want this to look like in our house? Start to develop what we call a digital rule of life. Doesn't mean you have to implement it tomorrow. But what can you do to slowly start to get your family to where you actually want them to be? I think that's really important because I know Brooke yeah. and I can be all or nothing. Yeah. We'll hear this idealistic, inspiring thing and be like, okay, we're doing it all wrong. We got to change it all tomorrow. And it doesn't work. But I think sometimes gradual is so much more sustainable. Like yeah. it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like everyone yeah. uses that analogy, and, but it's true. And our
0: hope here is to give you practical uh, you know, wisdom and biblical hope, practical help. We want to be... Uh, sincere about the fact that we don't have this all dialed. So mm-hmm. um, we will leave our digital rule of life in the show notes. I'll just give you what we're doing right now, really quickly. We'll just breeze through this, but basically, Uh, We have a family move. So we wrote this digital rule of life and some of you hate rules. So it could be your digital rhythm of life, uh, which I know I recently wrote a rhythm of life because I didn't like the idea of writing a rule of life because it felt too strict (laughs) and, and cumbersome, but I wrote a rhythm of life. And honestly, that's more realistic for me because I move in and out of busy and slow. And, and so I have a rhythm of life of about 10 things that I need to make sure that I'm stepping into on a daily basis for my overall formation and health that said you can do the same thing for your family and so ours is a like when when it comes to movies we have a category of movies uh, which is family movie night on saturday night if we have community group over on tuesday they might be able to watch something if if there's you know different ages of kids uh, but other than that that's all we do for movies or tvs uh, video games we don't normally do much of but our kids can do some creative stuff or watch something um, on saturdays they have two hours to do something on Saturday. They can spread it out through the day. They can use it all at once, but they kind of look forward to that on and their Saturday. And that's
2: kind of intentional so that when we wake up on Saturdays our Sabbath, yeah. we can have a slow morning uh-huh. as parents uh-huh. and the kids think it's the best thing in the world that they're allowed to just get up and use their yes. screen time. Also, I will be totally honest. Sometimes they lose half their screen time over the course of the week. Yeah.
0: By the way, it is a great tool of discipline because when they're like having a bad attitude about something like, well, if, if this continues, you're going to lose 30 minutes of screen time on Saturday. So, I mean, we've gotten down to like 10 minutes (laughs) on a Saturday. Like, well, yeah, you got 10 minutes left. Go ahead. You know, use it. So anyway, that's been helpful. Um, You know, I think in an attempt, the next category, we have YouTube because it's its own category. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I think in an attempt to not demonize technology, but to use it to our advantage, we have a really creative one, Scarlett. And we let her do, if she has a really good idea and Mm -hmm. she approves the channel with us and the video, we'll let her do like uh, an instructional video on like, how do you knit or how do you make stuff? And this has been revolutionary because it's teaching her something that we can't teach her. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually taken her far beyond anything we could ever do. And it's very different than just engaging in mindless technology. It's actually like, no, you can do 10 minutes of creative YouTube. The 10 minutes are to find the thing. And then she'll basically like, just follow the instructions. She'll pause, she'll do the thing, you know mm-hmm. hit start pause mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. So we're okay with that. Like we've decided and, that's good.
3: And I've noticed that those
0: YouTube's are notably
3: boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they are, are not, yeah. you know, usually professionally done. There there's mm-hmm. somebody who just knows how to knit. Yes, And there it's like having, you know, grandma sit next to you and yep. teach you, you know, how to knit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and, um, a, and that's a good thing.
0: It is and it is a good thing and I think the sorry to cut you off. I was going to say, though, that with YouTube, there's kids' YouTube, and some of the creative stuff doesn't live on kids' YouTube, so we let her do YouTube, but restricted modes on for any parent that's curious, like, well, how do you actually do that? So we do that. We say we approve the video. You do it in an open space in the family room. That's kind of how we we do it. Uh, Music, you can listen to music, um, but like after school, usually, because they'll get distracted by it, you can do records whenever you want. Um, And then we just have general stuff around screens like phones and iPads, which is no screens in rooms or bathrooms. If our kids are ever like needing to do school in the room, the door has to be open. Uh, We put phones to bed after the kids go down. We don't do weeknight TV for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it comes to travel, we actually – open up, we, we become a lot looser. And on a day like today, when Elizabeth and I need to be actually present, both of us, and half of our, our little girls are at home and like, for example, Duke's in our recording s- space with us. Well, there's not a lot to do. And so he's like, okay, so can I have some screen time? So we're talking about screen time and our son's in the other room on a screen <laughs> by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, so yeah. I want to be honest. I'm, I want to be honest. With, I'm telling you that not to not to overexpose, but to be honest, there are moments like today, we need Mm -hmm. to talk about screen time and we're using a screen to help us get through that time. So (laughs) I want to be honest, like it doesn't always work out perfectly, Mm -hmm. but I want to be transparent that you can still work this into your life and still have screens be involved. Mm -hmm. And And
2: using it to your advantage. Like I think as parents, you know, there's a difference between using it so that you don't have to be as involved so that you can get a break. And there's a time for that. Because what we're talking about, and I think we've mentioned this, takes a level of involvement from us as parents that is often way more than we want to yes. give, mm-hmm. and takes us being present. Takes them coming back to us ten times, telling us they're bored until they figure out something to do, mm-hmm. and it takes our presence. And, and that's, that's a, lot really a lot of energy. To know, and but then there are also times when you can use it to your advantage, like today, or we've been having to do a ton of doctor's appointments over Zoom, and I still have a five and a three-year-old. And they have a hard time making it through an hour just playing in their room while I'm trying to have a doctor's appointment. So they love it when I have a doctor's appointment because (laughs) they get to watch something and Mm they're so excited Mm -hmm. and they know it goes off the minute I'm done. But I think there's space for that, especially when you have a clear rule in your normal rhythm, then there's space to be flexible.
3: And and explain that thing that you have on the wall of the family room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, we have one of those like paper roller things on one mm-hmm. of our walls, and it's I found very myself Pinterest like when she got it I was like oh it's very this Pinterest, is a, this but I'm a thing. total perfectionist, so I found myself never writing on it because I didn't <laughs> want to look at my not very nice handwriting. <laughs> so we've hired
0: a calligraphist. Yes, no. So I said <laughs> I I
2: have to get over that, and I just made a list of, and I think it just. I think it says anytime activities, like you're allowed to do this whenever you want. Because there is a lot of restriction around screens. We wanted to have lots of stuff that there's no restriction. You could do, yeah. And so it's just everything I could possibly think of that they that could they do, do. Yeah. anytime. And at the very bottom, it says clean the house for mom with a little smiley <laughs> face. They've never chosen that one I've ever. also
0: never <laughs> chosen that one, ironically. Um, but and
2: it's not that they go and look at the list all the time, but it's, a, again, a visual cue well, of yes. I can't do that TV that's gone. Mm -hmm. I can't do the screens, but here's this big list of things I can do. And then Mm -hmm. I referred to it. If they can't come up with something, go look at the list. You've got a big list downstairs. And
0: and in closing, I think the main thing to be clear about is screens um, can age you and they can also hinder you in your process of raising passionate Jesus followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah the temptation and we can say this from very real time moments the temptation to hand our kids a screen instead of slowing down and parenting them that temptation is very high yeah when we have people over even last night Phil and Diane we could have done the thing where we're like we want to connect with our friends with our family in a real way we don't want to be bothered by the kids mm-hmm. take take the screen now there's moments again where that's appropriate mm-hmm. but if that's your norm If that's Mm -hmm. always, I would just cause you to pause and say, what am I trying to avoid? Because there's a lot of times when the right thing is usually the hard thing. Mm -hmm. I found anything that's worthwhile, that's worth living for is usually extremely hard. Mm -hmm. Marriage, (laughs) Mm -hmm. children, uh, walking with Jesus, it's so good. And it is also at the very same time, so challenging. So I just want to Mm -hmm. encourage, give courage to those moms, those dads, to stop, to slow down, mm-hmm. to actually give their presence to their kids instead of a phone. Next time, instead of grabbing a phone and handing them their phone, hand them your presence, hand them your eye contact, hand them a, yeah. a, a half a half hour to read a book together and just connect. And I know for Elizabeth, this went. It, you were great about this, and uh, we even like started finding random spots in our house that we could like redo. So we found like two closets that were just kind of we were using for like coats and some toys or whatever, and we're like, okay, we're gonna make these closets like we're going to rip out the coat hangers and we made these like real little reading nooks mm-hmm. and toy spots so we had to like invest time and energy and thoughtfulness mm-hmm. but we were able to like make these little spaces encouraged by some of our own friends who did the same and just utilizing space better we made scarlet we, we turned her little walk-in closet which is not walk-in which is a tiny little all closet all three
2: girls closet all three of their yeah.
0: closets and we like just turned it into a creative art room with mm-hmm. a desk and like shelves and we went to ikea it was like it's a tiny little corner it was no money at all yeah it was yeah. no big deal but my like my goodness her her creativity went through the roof with mm-hmm. that and so what i mean go all in as elizabeth's talking about and uh we've did this wrong for a long time and i don't even think we're doing it fully right now mm-hmm. but i do feel the fruit of some of these decisions and we're like yes let's press into it more let's mm-hmm. keep pressing into that kind of mm-hmm. stuff because we're seeing a lot with it
1: You know, as you were talking, I just had this picture. I I don't—it's a Bible story. I don't get—I don't—God speaks to me usually through Scripture. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I always like to say, if you want to know how to live this life, look at Jesus. Yes. He's always our example. So it popped into my head after his resurrection. He appeared to his followers, and one time he was walking down a road, the road to Emmaus, with these two guys, and they were all downcast. And they didn't recognize him, and he just started talking to them. And then it says, and then they got to a place where they, it was coming on, you know, late afternoon, and and uh, they sat down, and they invited him to stay, and, and then he broke the bread, and then he disappeared, you know, because, and... And they said, weren't our hearts burning within us as he was talking to us? So here, the picture I got is, can you imagine Jesus in that moment with a cell phone walking down the road? He, he, we just start laughing like he would not have been ignoring those guys and half talking to them. Yeah. And that's the picture that came to me. Wow. It is that, yeah. of course, he would not do that. And, and yet, and yet. We do that so often. Yes. You know? And so I think it's just a good picture of being fully present yes. to your kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here are he would be. Yeah. With and us as his kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well said, Phil. And I, I think that. that's the that's the heart that mm-hmm. we come with today. is not shame, it's invitation. Jesus always just invites us to a better, deeper yeah. way. And I think our heart today is just to invite you. Here's some information, here's some tools by the Techwise family. It's a great book. I think we're going to interview Andy hopefully here. And just think about it and do it your way. Don't do it mm-hmm. our way. If it's helpful to, to take some of this and then do it, you know, yep. but the point really is invitation. So we want to invite you into this. And again, thank you for listening today. If this has been helpful, would you just please rate the podcast for us and even leave a comment of how it's been helpful. And then if you have friends and family that you think this would be interesting to share mm-hmm. that with them as well. And uh, we'll get some more of these conversations out soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed to you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website intentionalparents.org/give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.